0: Good day and welcome to another special edition of the Offside Museums podcast. My name is Oke Ndibe. I'd like to welcome you on behalf of my co-host Emeko Nyawa. In today's special episode, we're going to be looking at political developments around Nigeria, particularly a series of meetings that happened last week in London featuring at least three governors or more and three of the presidential, three presidential candidates representing perhaps the three major political parties uh, lining up for next year's election. There was also the former president, Olusegun Abbasanjop, who was Involved in the meetings in today's podcast, we're going to look at the meaning, uh, of all those, uh, meetings in London, the significance of the choice of London as venue and what impact, if any, are those meetings and other developments this week going to have in Nigeria's next upcoming elections in February of 2023. You're welcome.
1: Um, yeah. Um, I mean, first things first, man, you, have started, um, teaching, uh, just so
0: yeah, 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 Monday.
1: absolutely. Yeah. Um, you started, you started feeling some students, um,
0: <laughs> uh, I've started teaching, I'm really excited. Um, my students are excited to explore African literature with me to explore fiction, and um, uh, so that explains the fact that we're not uh sitting next to each other, so we're speaking not from, physically, at least, yeah, not physically, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and also, there were uh developments, so I should say. I extend my sympathies to you, I know you're a big boxing fan, <laughs> and you were. Really, terribly devastated by the loss of Anthony Joshua, uh, I believe last weekend, um, and also um, <laughs> the Nigerian um, UFC UFC fighter. I think it Umuro, yes, you know, who lost in a devastating uh, knockout. Um, so I know that that has. Troubled you quite a bit, but uh, um, we're here to, you know, bake um, a different kind of uh, nama.
1: <laughs> you know, <I> said, yeah. <laughs> still one day I'll get to over it, man. I don't know. Yeah. One day. One day I'll get over it. I don't know when, know. but one day I will. Yeah. One day I will. So. Um, yeah. it's, it, so, it's still, I'm still having nightmares. I know. I know. I know.
0: I've, I've talked nightmare. with you a couple of times about it. And I, I know that the
1: wound is still, is still one there. Day I, but, one day I get over. I still believe, I believe in them They will. They will, yes. um, come back and they will make me happy one day. Yes. Uh, either for Osman, either that or you go
0: out stuff. and you make yourself happy. <laughs> 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 Those guys make me happy, man. They make I me happy. I know. I know. It'll but that's actually to... the risk we run when we depend on, on other people, especially professional athletes or, or soccer teams and so on to, to bring us joy that okay. Occasionally they bring that joy, but just as, as often, they bring us disappointment and, and leave us emotionally devastated. So yeah,
1: it's um, painful though. It's painful. Yeah. To so let's pivot. Uh, back to yep. uh, speaking the subject of those people are people who take risks. Yes, to bring but us joy. Precisely, yeah, who to, take who risks take risk to, bring, to bring us, see, us joy to bring
0: us sadness. Yes. <laughs> so, so here are our politicians. Um, excuse me. Particularly, um, here is um, Governor wiki who was uh, a presidential candidate in the People's Democratic Party. He came second in their primaries, um behind Artiku, the ultimate winner. Um, and he's been signalling since then, you know, sort of that he's not just going to stand behind Artiku as the party's presidential candidate, that he wants some issues addressed uh, there were speculations that he wanted to be vice president, a vice presidential candidate on the ticket. Uh, but in the run up to the, to the primaries, he had, um, been very dismiss dismissive of that idea. He proposed that he really wanted the top of the ticket, not to be the, um, sort of the sidekick. Um, But then, you know, so there have been all these back and forth. You know, some days Atiku would announce that, you know, Wike is on board. Wike will make the noise that, you know, he's not going to any other party. Uh, But he's been holding meetings. He's been holding consultations. And then he goes to London. And at the same time that he's in London, um, these are the candidates presidential candidates uh show up um and wiki comes back with uh, governor Bazo of um, abia state uh with um uh sam autumn governor of uh, benue state and they hold they held a press conference when Wike is talking about the, uh, the substance of the meeting series of meetings that are held in London, was, to discuss, was um, a discussion around how to create a better Nigeria. Okay. And I don't know about you, but it, it robbed me the wrong way. And before I start spelling out all the ways in which it robbed me, uh, perhaps you want to come in. I don't know if you feel as strongly about all of this as, as I feel,
1: you know, I mean, for me, I, I feel like it's, it's a path of course, um, standard procedure. Um, we can act like it's not been what's been happening since the 1940s when Nigeria was on the march to independence and ever since afterwards, but it's the case. Um, every major milestone every major junction, every major, um, um, whatever you might call it, that Nigeria has had, has had you would see the British continuously somehow, some way, you know, in the shadows. And I and, I, and I, I don't say that like because people would say, well, oh, they're just some people, some people might say, oh, they were just in England. You know, oh, man, if it's just England. Uh, they're just in, they're just, but, you know, how many, is it is it a coincidence that every time, whether as a passenger, whether is um, this thing, whether it's our independence leaders from Zeke to people now all, all all spending time there, um, and long since after is it a coincidence that after the first coup and the this the the, the first coup in particular, you go back and you every account every this every um, um, every first hand account. Every unclassified document, <laughs> MI6, um, CIA—they speak about it, the role of the Americans and it, well, the British, backed by the backed by America, um, that they played. So it it feels like oh, there's a, if you look at it, if you're taking a step back and you're looking at you are looking at it, you're just like, well, these people have some colonial fantasies. That's why they're going to. To, to London, but mm-hmm. I mean, if it's every time from the forties till today, that crit, any critical juncture, whether it's in or outside Nigeria, the British are always around. Um, you know, there are coincidences and they're just routine things that tend to happen. And judging by, you know, it's not like it's not like let's assume let's play the game that the British always have their hands there, right? Mm-hmm it's not like they have a hard hand to play. They can't, or oh, if you don't do what I'm gonna do, or, go, you know, harm you or destroy you, what they have is a soft hand. Well, it, not soft, not, no, not a soft hand. They have a hard hand, but they play with soft power. They, okay. you know, in this, you know, this is the way it, it certainly is. They play with soft, you know, you gotta do this, you gotta do that, you gotta do this, you gotta do that you have a whole bunch of these actors right now um all wiki is week is key mm-hmm. because without wiki pdp have no chance none zero um the three major, the three major parties even though you have some political actors that discount the peter movement which is you know they are right to go about saying what they want to say um but i think it's disingenuous at the very least to this thing, to discount peter uh, popularity at this point in time um so you you the three major parties you without rivers pdp is dead in the water um mm-hmm. they would have problems um could they surmount them it's possible um Bolatine, Bo and Co should even start a conversation without because I don't would they pick up they'll pick up some places in the north maybe katsina a few places um but they are going to lose a lot of places um So the key part about having Wiki there is WIKA and the British and all this and whatever is going on is WIKA is the one that's carried the party. River State is one of the most indebted states in the country. It's also an oil producing state, so they make a lot of money and they spend a whole lot of money as well. Um, They've kept the PDP afloat. They've um, installed uh, financially. They've been the financial power that have installed a lot of Political actors, not just in the not just in the River States, but in other places like Benway, the Southeast. So they hold a fair amount of sway. There's no doubt about it. If you know, Wiki didn't get what he wanted. Now the question is, what does wiki want? Mm-hmm. Because wherever he chooses to lay his head, is going to most likely be the people that end up winning um judging by the system now you know we can always caveat with the pw movement for instance might be stronger than the weekend it's possible um but judging by some of the comments this week redeploying the people that implemented the um electronic voting and all those things the um this we were last week judging by that redeployment of the guy from abuja and all that and some statements by INEC that they're going to be collecting some of the votes by hand. Um we've seen this we know the story, man. So um that's the I see it pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah,
0: so. yeah, you know, I mean I, I think that um it's interesting uh, on some level, uh because as mm-hmm. I told you before we started the podcast, there is um there's a sense of visceral <sighs> outrage in me, you know, yeah. about this whole british angle to the nigerian conversation um that it both it both suggests um a kind of uh colonized inferior mentality on the part of our political leaders to run to daddy britain to hold this what unquote" unquote important conversations about how to um Put Nigeria in a better place, but also it suggests, as you said, this shadow of Britain, uh, of course, as the puppet master, sort of in the background. It suggests. It. I'm not sure how uh, powerful that suggestion correlates with reality, but it's it. it, it there's that suggestion that Britain is sort of um, choreographing uh Some of these conversations and choreographing some of the uh developments that are going to play out ultimately uh going forward, but before I get sort of deeper into all of that, I think it's there's something fascinating about we the game that we is playing you know, and it's um, as Nigeria goes is actually one of the more interesting politicians in this space, you know, um, is one of these politicians who was able to take over from, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the former governor, immediate former governor, uh, um, Amechi and transformed the state in, into his own and made Amechi um, whittled. Amechi's influence to, you know, the bare minimum, so that he's occupied the state, reverse state. And he's somebody who has used the wealth of the state to affect the the politics of other states and other regions within Nigeria, you know. Um, He's also been a kind of, in rhetorical games, you know, there is this, um, moment where I think it was um, there was an event, and then, um, excuse me, the former governor of Akwaibom, Ababio, was telling him, Oh, you know, leave the PDP and come over to the APC and so on. And he made a very interesting rhetorical response where he says, um, why would I want to leave a headache and take take up cancer? You know, so he said that the APC uh, that was inviting him to join was was um, a case of cancer and that the PDP where he was was at worst a headache, right? So it was a very interesting rhetorical um, game. And it seems to me that he's maximized uh this game of which Zeke famously described as playing the beautiful bride, you know so Zeke um talked about uh placing himself and the m p p as a party that needed to be courted into a coalition by any other party that wanted to win um uh in nineteen eighty three and so in which case sort of made himself into the beautiful bride. Uh, he's kept his door open to to all the other political parties, you know, come and woo me, you know, tell me what you got, you know. Uh, but it's, it's a case where the parties are sort of um, talking to Wike because they also know, uh, you know, that he has a lot of money uh, to bring in. Um, that he has some considerable political machinery in his home state. um, That for, there's a sense, you know, people like, again, this is gift of the gap, you know, his ability to mix it up, you know, um, politically and so on. So having said that, so all of that is interesting to me, you know, so it's interesting to find somebody who is playing The political game with some skill, and clearly, Wike is perhaps the most skillful political um, player in 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 Nigeria who is in the political presidential candidate. Having said that, the idea of congregating in London to discuss political permutations in Nigeria, uh, to discuss a project of making Nigeria a better place and so on just seems to me, uh, so deeply embarrassing, you know, um, on so many levels. First of all, these are the, uh, the so-called um delegates to this whatever conference, political, informal political conventions that were held in London. You know, Obasan John Week, Samatam, um uh Ibazo, uh and so on. So these are um clearly the authors of the political crisis that we have in Nigeria today. I mean, they played, um, they're big players, you know, I mean, there are worse actors than than, than these, but clearly they are implicated in the crisis within Nigeria. Um, And I'm not sure that they are the ones who, I mean, particularly when somebody like Obasanjo um, because Obasanjo's political crimes should be unforgivable if Nigerians had a sense of, have a strong memory, right? Obasanjo acted like an imperial president. Obasanjo could have um, been a different kind of president and deepened the roots of democracy. But what he did was to empower the most reprobate kind of characters, you know, as candidates, as so-called political godfathers. He was contemptuous of uh, the judiciary. He meddled with the legislature. Uh, so he weakened, he over-exercised his power, and he weakened the two other critical um, um sectors of, of of power the judiciary and the legislature during his term, and and the fact that the man attempted to subvert the constitution in order to give himself a third term, the fact that he ignored judicial verdicts if he did if, if they didn't go his way the fact that he lent the police force uh to some so-called Godfathers in Anambra State and our your State to terrorize serving governors. So the man to come out today and be part of this ostensible conversation to bring a better Nigeria just totally robs me the wrong way and seems to me that once he's in the picture, it's as if he nullifies the very idea or the prospect that this is actually a conversation. Better Nigeria. I don't know how you take it, but you know, I like Yeah, it
1: because, I mean, this point. I was going to ask you a question how you saw a passenger, but you've really like you know, a passenger being there because we know we don't people don't talk about it as much, but you, 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 you've really started down that road. And I mean, it's it's standard, it's par for the course. You, you know, the man of passenger, he's um, I mean, it's 70, what, well, 70, 76. When he came on there, um, even after during the Civil War, the roles he played, um, even by his own accounts, uh, I'm not even talking about his his more his, his. I, I mean, if you go into his personal life, it's just an absolute, mm-hmm. um, and a mess. Is not it feels to even describe it? Yeah. Um, the man that has, um, I mean, daughter writing disowning him. Uh, his, son <laughs> his son accused son, him of. Think, with his wife. sleeping with his wife you know you can't you can't knows. get sleazier than that <laughs> this man does no no morality whatsoever um and you look at him what i was in 79 yes he handed over power um in and that's his everything. one claim to
0: universal fame you know yeah first one of the few has military heads of states who returned power to an elected
1: but he he did everything wrong leading up to that anyway um to my opinion he did everything wrong um that was the big ones in office or the little ones um like kill the the story of how he goes to london by the way the same uk where um he did a lot of military training on the dime of the government Mm -hmm. um he goes there and he sees nigerian students living okay living well and he's not happy. Mm-hmm. He gets back and decides that as a waste um and starts damaging the educational sector even more than it was um which is the famous Ali must go mm-hmm. chance, which people don't remember. Um mm-hmm. that's um what they call him, he was PDP chairman or the Joe was um, in office mm-hmm. that's yeah. um um uh, Rock, um
0: uh Yeah, the the guy who became Oh my gosh! What's his name? Um,
1: I was about to say no. I'll do. I'll uh, do. No, um, no, 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 I'll do. He uh, was Connell Ali. Okay, Ali okay, Ali, okay, Ali. okay. Yeah. Oh, the Connell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Amadu Ali. Amadu Ali. The, the Ali must go. Thing. Ali must go. You know,
1: they they mm-hmm. go in there. It's just this is just little. I thought you were kind of talking person. about I'll do away for for a bit no no adogbe mm-hmm. was oh, supposedly if I'm a farmer supposedly yes yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes but you know it's um you see the guy comes back in he's supposed to be penniless um supposed to be all that you know and he comes back in 1990 he puts him in there they say he's amnesty international mm-hmm. top all of their top officials he he believes in and he goes in there and he he acquires every single thing Mm-hmm. he can lay his hands on the only person that did more acquiring than him was Atiku, who you know just mm-hmm. literally put the whole economy in his pocket and, and mm-hmm. stepped away from this thing. so you have this guy who whether maybe he's he's, he's at an age where he's seen his own mortality and he wants to do something good to maybe right the wrongs that he has consistently done or he wants to put himself in the history books. After all, there's the same guy that I said he's the father of modern Nigeria. So, yeah. And you have this guy in the mix there. And, you know, I, I get it. I think he's being in the mix is personal because he definitely does not like uh, Tinubu. Neither does he like Atiku. Atiku. So he like, he doesn't like either of these people. Um it's it's personal to him as well. Um, it's not personal that like he wants things to work out. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't want he doesn't want these guys to win at any cost. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, more importantly, Nija is somebody who has. If you go back to his presidency, you go back to uh, the years he was in office. He's somebody who would op- you would see him openly always go to the UK. Openly, mm-hmm. like every Nigerian head of state, where did, where anybody nowadays is like almost a norm. Anybody running for office in Nigeria you want to take a picture in front of 10 down Street. the streets. Why? Why don't you want to take a picture in front of the, uh, Sheikh of Dubai where most mm-hmm. of you ha- actually tend to live anyway? Why don't you want to take a picture in front of um, the Swedish prime minister mm-hmm. or the German prime minister or, um, you know, people, us the white house. Mm-hmm. Why is it always they want to take a picture with either the prime minister of the uk or a top government official typically the prime minister when they're running for office why is that always the case why you know this these are not it doesn't matter whether it's a Buhari that can't produce a school cert or is a peter L. b who is now the wonder kid uh, you know they all they all go and supplicate themselves in front of that i, I don't have any other way to be if you don't They go and prostrate themselves. If you are, if you are, if you are, you know, or from where they go to supplicate themselves, supplication. And and, yeah, you know, hey, (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm your guy, man. You know, but like, it's, it's ridiculous, man. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely, um, which other country do you see that is, that is what is sought doing that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't see any country that is what they are sought Mm -hmm. going to supplicate themselves. In front mm-hmm. of foreign mm-hmm. leaders, mm-hmm. you know, but the ones that are not, you would see them. Whether the Franco-Pon, Franco-Franco-Pon Franco, Franco countries in Africa, you see them going to France, uh, supplicate in front of, the, you know, um, because the 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 power France holds over them is the same, is similar, or maybe more, a little bit more open than the power mm-hmm. that the British, to mm-hmm. me, hold over the Nigeria, because mm-hmm. um, there's really no reason none um zero point minus in fact if for anything really is britain should be the ones coming to supplicate themselves mm-hmm. because they have, they have they are in a serious um crisis but, right now in, in by europe. the way by the way as you speak your face, part of your moving face out. Oh, okay. yeah okay. yeah 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 so yeah so if you yeah, they are you... in, in a serious crisis right now in europe you have the war in ukraine mm-hmm. the energy crisis More or less austerity is 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 happening, and then you should be looking at them and telling them, "Hey, you guys, you need to come and supplicate yourselves." (laughs) The the,
0: the French president, (laughs) the French president Macron, just uh, told the French people, like I think a couple of days ago, that the era of affluence may be coming to an end, and they have just come up with projections of energy costs, and it's many you know, um, higher than the five-year average over the last, like, 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 than the average of the last five years. So Europe is coming to a huge crisis. Um, That crisis is also going to ultimately affect um, the rest of the world. It's going to affect Africa. Um, Yeah, and part of it is, of course, that there's this war going on in ukraine nobody's talking about peaceful settlement it's like nato is just sending weapons uh putin is calling in more uh enlistment in the military so it's like uh an annihilation you know um going on and some people of course people have moved on most people no longer follow developments in ukraine from day to day but it's the consequences of that work um are going to affect every part of the world you know and um already in europe they are seeing rising energy costs they're seeing the prospect of blackouts and rationing of 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 electricity and so on um you know in in spain you can you cannot uh set your Air conditioning uh, below a certain um, a certain level that the government tells you um, you know so there are all kinds of all kinds of um, really terrible things happening and that's 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 part of why we need the most imaginative and intelligent kind of leader in Nigeria at this point somebody who does not have this, who is not beholden to the idea of, of the British as their master. Um, uh, And somebody who can navigate this very perilous um, order that the world is coming into, or disorder, you know, um, where there'll be food crises, energy crisis, uh, the, the considerable disruptions of the financial market. Um, and so, and all of these are coming at a time when um, Nigeria can't find its way. I mean, um, there was sort of uh, a, a little bit of, of good news on the economic front where the Nigerian government announced that there was... Um, uh, positive growth of the economy and that income uh increased uh in july now in a country that is um data challenge you don't know if somebody just sat in an office and made up those Maybe figures they
1: were, were counting. they were counting Anthony joshua and camaro's income
0: <laughs> you never know and so they should you know i hope that i hope that both men are sending some of their earnings uh to relatives in nigeria should be part of the country's gdp why not <laughs> you know, so, so, yeah um but you know um they and 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 so there's a point that you also touched on you know quite apart from this for me the aggravating um, uh, junket in London. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are, these are the developments, right. Um, <laughs> in Nigeria, uh, one is of course the I thing about, you know, they're now they, 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 that they're going to do manual counting of votes that did not work out so well in the past. Okay. Uh, And not that the electronic uh, system uh, was not subject subject to grave abuse. But when you go to manual, it becomes easy for a human being to add uh, numbers and digits and so on uh, to the totals of, of, of candidates who have paid the piper and so on, or paid the, the umpire, uh, rather. Um, so it's, it's something that we need to scrutinize and see the rationale for Aine going there, the rationale for moving, uh, senior police officers around the country. And, you know, and, and then there's the other, um, sort of, uh, typical, uh, distraction in our politics. You know, the whole idea of, um, of Kashim, uh, Shatima, uh, the, uh, Tinubu's vice presidential candidate wearing sneakers to address uh, the Nigerian lawyers, you know, and so people were all, um, outraged and, um, sort of spewing invectives and so on and you know so yeah i I figure that if you are on a ticket a presidential ticket um that there's a certain level of appearance that people expect you to conform to but nigeria's crisis is so profound and multi-sectoral uh, and expressed on so many different domains that the whole idea of focusing on whether somebody wore bathroom slippers, you know, for me at this point is 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 so besides the point. It's
1: yeah, so yeah. The I point. mean, it's, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot. Of, um, I mean, touched on. Uh, you've touched on the uh, INX situation and the. the um data collection uh but you know the most interesting thing was, is the the memes of of the whole situation and the way shatima shatima okay so they had they had the, they had the nba conference in lagos mm-hmm. right bulletin who mm-hmm. is supposedly a resident of lagos 24 mm-hmm. 7. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um he lives on board and if I'm not wrong, the event holds, I believe, is on a or deco. So I, I, I'm not too sure where it was. So let me not quote where it was, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it holds in it, it holds there, right? It holds mm-hmm. probably um, even in bad traffic, it's maybe a 20 mm-hmm. minute drive from his house, mm-hmm. 30 minute drive in bad mm-hmm. traffic. Let's assume traffic is bad. Let's even give it 40 minute drive. Um, but you know, the man doesn't try. You know, mm-hmm. the man moves. Um, in a like convoy is, of, of like, security people. Like he's like so like that would take
0: uh mortals, ordinary mortals, um an hour, would
1: take him fifteen. Yeah. He 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 moves like he's the president. He's been doing that for a long time. So he can the point is he can get there, you know. Um but he doesn't go. Mm-hmm. He flies in um Chetima, mm-hmm. sitting governor, right? uh from branu state, mm. which is no he's no longer like ga- governor oh, sorry okay shatima is no longer like governor sorry mm-hmm. um he flies in shatima who supposedly lives at least in Brono, but let's assume he lives in abuja whichever one so he flies him in for a trip that uh eh, an hour then for me you drive to vi uh, you got a whole distance a trip you could go for take that aside shatima is the mm-hmm. vp Mm-hmm. Uh, vice presidential nominee mm-hmm. He's the presidential candidate of his mm-hmm. party right mm-hmm. so um he doesn't go he says shatima shatima comes there um I, I don't think the the memes about the whole thing is not just that the guy comes and and he wears his he wears the pair of sneakers mm-hmm. far from it the whole get up, first things first was just he looked like he borrowed his suit from somebody and borrowed yes. something. <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy's attitude was just like, <laughs> like you know, it's, it, it's like, mm. you're looking at this guy, it's like, do you understand the mess this country is in? Mm. Like, you're sitting down, you simply don't seem to care whatsoever, mm. you know, you just... Just it's almost like I sent my son, and he borrowed my suit, and he just sat down there, yeah, where like, no, my toys. I want to play. With my
0: that, toys. That, <laughs> that's that's actually <laughs> the point because you know, again, I'm not, you know, you and I know I'm not um, big on on dressing. I, yeah, I prefer the most simple. So simplicity is my key. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I were to do a critique. Of the guy what actually struck me was how loose fitting his his suit and his you know trousers a pair of you know pair of trousers his pants as americans would say looked It, it, it you know it just was indeed as if somebody said to him no don't wear your kaftan or something you need to wear a suit and he said i don't have one and they said you know, somebody much bigger said, okay, here, take my home. go to the, you know, who knows whether, you know, uh, the pant was so big and loose that maybe he used a rope to tie it or something. because <laughs> uh, You know, so again, again, comic relief, but the, the issues in our country are really, and I don't think, I mean, his speech was not, uh, a bad speech. His presentation wasn't bad, right? Mm-hmm. It, it was that people focus on this his get up, right? So much. And of course he should be mindful of that. And you know, there is this message that he um his campaign released that oh you know he's um Jimovia's boy, you know, he was trained in the banking so he knows his stuff. And um that he came there deliberately to to rattle those who were already looking to to be critical of him and so on. And he repeated a version of what he said before once um that uh sort of that he and Tinubu were the dream team. You know, <laughs> so here he says Tinubu will be running the economy as if Tinubu was um uh, a wizard of economic management, <laughs> and then that he will be handling security and um, was quite boastful of the way that uh, he handled uh, the security crisis in, in his state and in the Northeast when he was governor. Well, um, it, it's, it's a tone-deaf kind of... Um, political um posturing, you know, is, is the way I look at it. Um that this man it just it, it, when you don't prepare yourself in the way you appear at at, at, at a at a conference, right? Mm-hmm. What does it say about your capacity to lead a nation? Okay? So that's one question. But another question, the fact that you don't see—I just saw a lot of columnists writing about this, the sneakers. Some of them defending it. Some of them, you know, pilloring uh, his appearance on that account. And I said, I don't see the same kind of scrutiny on his campaign's policy positions or the absence of policy policy positions on, on a bunch of problems in the, in the country. And that's what we should ultimately focus on, you know, um, yeah, yeah, we should have, we should be able to have, you know, we should be able to have, uh, a leader who is bohemian and eccentric and wears shorts. If he's going to solve problems, you know, yeah. uh, the problems that we have as, as, as a nation.
1: Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. Right. Um, in terms of people are, he's talking about his record. <laughs> you know, he's talking about, you want to, so you, you, people are talking about the, the get-up. Mm-hmm. But people, obviously, well, Nigerian journalism is, um, journalism generally worldwide is mm-hmm. is, is in problems. Um, mm-hmm. But anything that is in problems worldwide, Nigeria is times 50. <laughs> so uh, nobody's talking about, let's, let's talk about his record. You know, he's, he's telling people, how he handled, he should be talking about how he helped create, but, you know, but helped light the final match. <laughs> created Boko Haram. He and his, his boss, who he, mm-hmm. he goes about telling, remind everybody that has his boss, Ali Modu Sharif. Yes. Who sat down and took those, um, um, what was the word Just, I used for them? It took uh, these guys who were already, on the fringes of society, uh, who wanted to just be left in
0: Impoverished, you know, to you know they had. No weapons.
1: degrees Yeah, yeah they, they took them, they used them, they put them in government, kicked them out of government, took the finally got to Mohammed Yusuf and assassinated Mohammed Yusuf publicly. That was essentially them. And that was the um that was the, that was pretty much the final thing for the people that became Boko haram I don't mm-hmm. know if you've gotten to watch the BBC documentary on, uh, bandits or Zamfara. Mm. Yeah. You, know, you, you, told me about it, uh, this week. Mm-hmm. I had to sit down and watch it from start to finish. I, you know, it's something that you can't even watch we, and do something else. We, we need to, we it.
0: need to, we need to talk about it. Oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It's something that you, you will see even the bandits are, are, are telling you that, they didn't leave them alone. Hmm you know, it it gives a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Zamfara obviously is is in the Northwest. Boronu is in the Northeast. Um, it is still Fulani bandit largely. On one side is Samphara's fighting, the Fulanis are fighting the Alsas. On the other side in Boronu, it's fighting both the Alsas and the Kanuri's um, other groups. But, you know, going back to Shatima's record, Mm. um, people will go about and point to well you know in, in spite he'll tell you in spite of this thing he did this he did that um they created an airport um mm-hmm. you know i get tired when people these things you know i don't typically this typically is your line when you talk about how nobody should be telling you that they, they constructed a road for you mm-hmm. and that's an achievement you know when somebody starts telling you they, they did an airport mm-hmm. okay you need the airport one mm-hmm. assuming you did that's cool um but when you have a functioning country you will start having so many private <laughs> airfields and airports i mean during the war in biafra the biafra has had how many airports two major airports in the space in the span of less than three years they had a lot of smaller airfields as well i live in new york right Go on Google. Google how many airports are there in New York State. Um, I'm pretty sure it's over 300, maybe mm-hmm. somewhere around. You're not know, talking of big airports, mm-hmm. airports that can land planes. Mm-hmm. But that's the essence of an airport, right? Mm-hmm. Land planes. The bigger the airport, the want, the more you want more amenities. And, yeah. You know, you want more comfortable stuff. Somebody goes to, to a Thai Road somewhere and put a hut and starts clapping for himself, and he built. <laughs> Life, An it's life. Mm-hmm. life. <laughs> and then, you know, which airlines are using this? Is this creating economic activity for you? Is it useful for you? Mm-hmm. um Why not even getting to the point of a large, crazy insecurity in the country? I don't know if I said the last time I was watching a YouTube video of this Bitcoin kid who kid, regular you know, like, like kid who um went to nigeria and he was trying to convince his friends in a video and his friends didn't want to come and then he goes to nigeria and they do the bitcoin conference and even when they get there they all seem bored they couldn't go anywhere because right from the airport they brought security for them there's a kid who made a video this is well i'll give you the deal. Well, the kid is swedish right but he lives in dubai um he would whether he was boasting or not, he would wear his expensive watches in Dubai. When he goes to Sweden, he's like, yeah, he can't wear his watches in Sweden. That Sweden is not safe. (laughs) Sweden. He's telling you Sweden is not safe. The kid comes to this thing, and he, exactly the kind of thing you would say, you know, all the time. And that's why I say, I rather we say, he goes to, it's like, yeah, take me to the most expensive place in Nigeria. And they take him to Banana Island. And, you know, they take him to the guy that designed Davido's, all these Celebrities' houses and stuff, and I think I believe he met the guy. I don't know, but prior to walking into the into the house itself, the apartment it was an apartment complex, I believe, or distant. He's looking at the streets. There's puddles. He's like wandering. He has security all over him. He's, he, <laughs> he's trying to holler at a lady and ask her, like, "Look, um, can you show me somewhere?" And the lady too is having security in the most expensive place in in in, in Nigeria. She she's, she speaks back to my believing an American accent. She too, she's a Tory. So imagine mm-hmm. going to, um, to the West End of London, mm-hmm. or going to um, um, uh, Midtown Manhattan. I've seen, Ob- I've seen Obama in Manhattan. I've seen Trump in Manhattan. Do mm-hmm. they? Did they have security? Yes. But to some degree, man, I feel like some of these people that go to Nigeria have way more security than, mm-hmm. than they do. The whole point of this story is to illustrate that people that would have come wouldn't, are not coming to Nigeria to bring business, bring activities, bring tourism, um, which is literally dead. People that when they come, they can't even go anywhere, They're stuck in a bubble, just want to leave, just, you know. And you have all these politicians that would come and tell you they fixed the road. Or, it, it's like, if I, if I went to Nigeria with my family now, I've been to Borough States before, I can't take my family there. I can't, I can't, man, you know.
0: I mean, where can you really take, <laughs> take your family to in Nigeria now? Fewer and fewer places, you know? Um, you know, you and I were in Nigeria together just in May, right? And you wanted to come visit me in my hometown and, some of your relatives through a fit, they couldn't, uh, they thought that it was dangerous. Oh, quite uh, yeah, it. precisely a dangerous undertaking. Um, so that's, that's the scale of, and these are, I mean, I, I go to Nigeria, you know, fairly regularly and I travel with some kind, with, with some degree with more freedom, than than many residents of that country. You know, so I was there, I was in Nigeria for five um for five weeks and people were calling me from Abuja from Lagos and saying, ah, you're not afraid. And I said, <laughs> um yeah, of course I, I I mean clearly I have a sense. You know, I no longer travel as freely as I used to. I used to be able to uh borrow a car or have a friend give me his driver and just travel by road as far as I wanted right so now I'm more conscious of 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 how to move in the country but that all speaks to the the scale of the crisis that we have in that country you know um that that, that um you've Find very few campaigns, uh, presidential campaigns, articulating the problems of the country at the level that ought to be the case. Okay, given given how profound the rot is, how. Um, Again, how pervasive the, the the problems are, uh, and how deep the problems are uh, run. Um, so our politicians, by and large, are still speaking as if they're looking at a space that is more stable than Nigeria is. Okay, um, no, this is at such critical point that. You know, when I was in Nigeria, for example, there is a friend of mine, uh, who told me that he was going to come in for his daughter's, uh, traditional marriage and he wanted to meet, um, um, a writer friend of mine and he, you know, asked if I could make it happen. So here I was in Nigeria and I contacted him and I said, um, let me know when you're arriving and he you know, he wrote me back and said they had to cancel the event, you know, out of security concerns. Um, <clears throat> so, yes, there are still lots of people who go to Nigeria, lots of Nigerians who have a good life in the place. But to read Nigerian newspapers is, is an exercise in torture, emotional torture every day. Um, because you see the kinds of things that I talked about, you see, you know, a young woman who just won a beauty contest in her university in Ogun state in her polytechnic and she's kidnapped and she's raped and she's killed. You see a woman who sold her child three, three or three, four, three years old or four years old for 400,000 Naira. Okay, you see people engaged in human sacrifice either for money rituals or for some other, you know, um, uh, some other kind of um, superstition. Um, you see the university strike by ASU, um, which started on February 14, continuing as we speak, and the minister for education would have been asked by buhari to help to resolve that that issue which is extremely already belated and he takes off the minister takes off on a trip abroad you know um just yesterday you know we found out that Walesho nobel laureate walesha had accepted a full-time position to be on the faculty of New York University in Abu Dhabi, where he's going to be teaching theater. Now (laughs) imagine if it were possible for Shurinka to find the same level of support, financial support, the same level of manpower support of equipment for him to return and teach theater. This is a man who has distinguished himself as one of the major practitioners of the art of theater in the world. Can you imagine what we lose as a nation that such a man is going to Abu Dhabi to teach in a program run by New York University instead of in a Nigerian university? Okay. And yet some years ago, when Kofi one of the great Niger- uh, Ghanaian poet, left his position as, ambassador to the UN, um, he returned to Ghana and went back to teaching at the University of Legon. you know? So at every level, it's as if uh, the, the absence of leadership in the country, the absence of, le- of imaginative leaders in Nigeria uh comes with a with costs that are just so massive and that touch different sectors and different facets of the life of the Nigerian
1: society. Yeah, yeah. Um you know, I was I was thinking of it back to the um uh, the, 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 the headline we're talking about, just thinking of it like in a in a serious place in a in, well, you know, that's even too far for Nigeria. In a place where people have any, um, amount, take themselves, you know, take anything seriously, whatsoever. Um, if you say you wanted to go have talks, you know, you guys want, you guys need to, to leave the country. The last place you go to is, uh, is London, is Europe. You go to maybe the Seychelles, or you could go to, Jamaica, if you want, if you have to go that far. Um, you know, go to Madagascar. Yeah. And go, to go,
0: to, go to Accra.
1: <laughs>
0: go to Oba Sanjay's farm in, in, in Abiokuta. You know, a least, you know, he can produce his uh, goosey soup and pounded yam and you eat it there. I mean, these are people who go to Port Harcourt
1: for, for, for crying out loud. Enough. It's a shame. I, yeah. mean, I, 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 There's so much Nigeria could offer tourism-wise, but it's never really fulfilled that potential. Yeah, um, You're yeah. talking about shrink, I'm just the same thing. A guy at his age probably would love to have a robust pr- place in Nigeria where he wants to teach. Yeah, But, you know, how I many does he himself, he's not sure if they kidnap him tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, then he would love to invite a lot of professors, other mm-hmm. uh, literature people, other around come. the world. Yeah, and a lot of them would be like, you know, we love you, but you know, if you want to come to London, we we can hang out we with can, you. Or Dubai yeah, and, yeah. Like, how much time do I have left in this world to see? Yeah. be yeah, you know, he's done done it all. He's jacked up a radio station. He's driven to um, um the east to try and find a solution out of the civil war, mm-hmm. comes back and gets in prison for 20 months, 22 months, you know, being a radical founded mm-hmm. pirate confraternity, which you know, I'm not sure is really what he wanted it to be, but you know, maybe it was, you know, um, so it's, it's, um, a situation where, what's the solution here? Yeah. What's like, what is happening? Is it not better to probably not hold these elections. You have serious security. I mean, watch the bandits of Zavara, man. That's, that was one really, um, that was one good, really, really good piece of work. for sure, Yeah. 100%. And, you
0: know, of course it, it talks about a situation that, that is happening now. It's not something in the past. It's happening today. And what it says, basically the implication is that there are, swats of this country where you can't actually have the normalcy that it takes to conduct um an election that will pass muster
1: i will tell. i know you haven't seen the whole thing but i'll oh. say one part that, that probably is that part sticks with me All right, there's a point where um The governor comes in and the governor, they were given, you know, they wanted to make a show of getting some people released from the bandits. So all these ministers were talking and talking and talking and talking. And the parents, people were angry and they wanted to leave. And eventually they get to a point where everybody realized they had to leave. And that Mm -hmm. point was where they were like, this is Zamfara." Mm-hmm after 5 30 PM, the roads are not safe. Mm-hmm. The government officials too now realize that they have been making too, and they all start trying to run away and in trying <laughs> to run away. I'm telling you, man, they end up execute killing a boy that came to welcome his sister who was kidnapped. And the worst part, the, the, the way the father described it, the father of the boy, oh man, it didn't touch me. I was like, man, guy sat down. He said the look the government even gave him. Ah oh, it was like man it it, it, it was yeah. just like look is this no, we, is we, this we, where, we, where a whole government yeah. is running away. And in mm-hmm. running away kills a citizen they, of the state, Yeah. A yeah. minor. And there's, and no, there's no
0: recourse. Yeah, Yeah there's no record. Yeah. There's no record. So I mean <laughs> excuse me. <clears throat> there are sadly you know there are nigerians who don't understand how how um messed up yes this our space is back in nigeria and so so when one calls for a suspension of the elections um i know somebody wrote wrote me a private email mocking me and saying that what we need is a certain candidate taking over to solve all the problems, and um, so I said, I said, I said, I could mock your your naivety, um, but um, the, the truth is that um, again, without prejudice to anybody's capacity and abilities, uh, the problems and in Nigeria are now so deep and so big and so profound that and so structural in nature, okay, so foundational that it's not something that you're gonna hire somebody who will paper over things. It's it's not a leak. It's a massive hole in a, you know, it's, it's, it's a dam that has failed. And the water is just coming at communities and it's going to come coming at furious velocity. It's going to destroy whatever is in its path. And so you need uh, to address that issue. You need to address the structural issues with the dam that broke. And so to just say, okay, there's somebody who can, you know, scoop up some buckets of water from the water that is the storm that is coming. Uh, I keep hoping that I, I'll be proved wrong. Um, but I have the sense that if if we proceed as as if it were business as usual, and we have elections that regardless of who takes over, that Nigeria may not survive it. May not survive yeah, the, worst the first time of
1: this is, person. If the worst the worst part is if uh, sorry if I caught you there, but no the worst no, part it's, is it's it's better off to if you know something is that bad, it's better off to face it earlier than it faces you. Mm-hmm. Like if you you look at not just the bandits on Zanfara, all these um, what's the other one again? There's a whole bunch of these guys that have gone in and done a lot of this. talk to ba- actual bandits, um, talked to um, um, militant groups in the country, and it's it's you, you don't want that kind of anger um, turned. You know it okay. The rest of the country is looking at the Fulanis, for instance, right? The Fulanis. Oh, we, we say, oh, the Fulanis. The with Fulanis, the Fulanis, the Fulanis are turning around and looking at the rest of the country and saying, the rest of the country is looking down on them that they have nobody. It's like, where is this? this? Everybody's disconnected, man. And this is not. It's, it's like everybody's is disconnected. Fulanis are like, we don't have anybody. Every every position is for the outside. They give hundred hundred outside people before they give one Fulani person. Uh, but the rest of the country is looking at like, well, everybody here is Fulani, and you know, it's it's like everybody's disconnected from everybody, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's dangerous. Yes. It's, yeah, it's, it's and scary. I mean, and,
0: and that's in a sense what I tell our fellow Igbo. when a Igbo person says, "Oh, you know, we're marginalized in this country." My first answer is yes, but ninety nine and more percent of Nigerians are marginalized, whether they are Hausa, Fulani. Efik, Yoruba, and so on. It is only a tiny cabal. You know, a tiny, less than 1% of Nigerians are the ones who are really, who have cornered the resources of Nigeria, and it's been going on for years. And there are, in that number, that tiny number, there are Igbo, there are Fulani, there are uh, Efik, there are, you know, there are people from a widespread of ethnicities in Nigeria, who um in a sense there is uh, this great uh story by um a nigerian writer karam echawa um which is called when table came to when table came to some community right so it satirizes the whole idea of a few the elite or the political class saying to the to the vast majority of people. Um, we have a table, we've been civilized, we can no longer eat with food on the floor. We have to t- eat on the table, and there are too many of us, we can't fit uh, all of us around the table, so we're going to eat on your behalf, okay? So you just go and wait, uh, you ha- you let us to go and eat for you. And in a sense, that's what um, Nigerian politicians and the, the broad class of elite do is that they eat for the rest of us. Okay. And this has been going on. I mean, it's not, you know, even the language of Nigerian political negotiation was always around invoke the idea of eating. Right. I remember years ago, whenever a military head of state came to visit any state, the community, the elders from within the state will read an address of welcome and preacher will ask for their share of the national cake. <laughs> um, so Nigeria was always envisioned as, as food uh, to be eaten. Um, it was not envisioned ever as food that we have to uh, go and produce in our, on our, in our farms uh, that we have to then cook. No, it's all cooked. It's a cake. So it's, let's have our share of the national cake, right? And so we've eaten or the few engines who had excessive access have eaten the country to oblivion. And so that's why I'm saying and nobody nobody's
1: baking any people are not baking nobody's new people baking nobody's baking any
0: cake. They, they they you know that's lack of imagination right Mm -hmm. so so and that's why i get angry when a governor sits down a governor who likes to go to dubai right likes to go to london likes to go to south africa and you go there and you see a well ordered society you see what it looks like you know that you know what their hospitals look like you know what their roads look like you know what their police look like you know um you know what uh, crime fighting looks like, you know, you know what educational systems, because they send their children to those countries, you know, to get uh, educated and so on. So you know what a well-ordered society is. Then you come back to Nigeria and you insult the intelligence of Nigerians who don't know any better by saying, oh yeah, I built uh, 200 kilometers of roads. Have you ever gone to Dubai or to South Africa or to the UK? or to Germany, anywhere, and heard a leader, whether this leader is a mayor, a sheikh, a prime minister, a president, say, my achievement is I built roads. You know, these are taken for granted that roads are there, and if there are new developments, new areas where people didn't live and people decide to go and clear them and build houses, the government will provide roads and maintain the roads. It goes without saying, right? Everywhere else. But in Nigeria, roads are an achievement, not just an achievement there, the achievement. Okay. So when Nigerians are saying to you, ah, the governor has walked or he said, what has he done? He, have, he built roads. And I say. How did we accept this absolute, absolute erasure of meaningful measures of achievement? Okay. And so we come to the point where a governor paying salaries becomes an achievement. Even when a governor is owing 12-month salaries, if he pays three months, people say, ah, let's praise him. At least he has tried. Without regard to the fact that the same governor receives not only his salary every month that he has not paid you, but steals, receives his security vote, most of which he steals, and watch contracts and gets kickbacks from those contracts, which are massive kickbacks. So we accept it. And, of course, one of the things we accept is the notion that the governor should never go to jail, you know, because there's always somebody who says he's our son and we have to protect him. And uh, so we need to reorder society. We need to to pause and see. And, by the way, when I say we need to create a, a society for the first time out of Nigeria, a meaningful, coherent society, it's not inevitable that it will happen. Indeed, it is possible that that's no longer possible. And if it isn't possible, then we say Nigeria has been a terrible job. Let us find an amicable way of separating into our whatever clannish, ethnic, um, you know, uh, particularities you know, so yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We, we, we've gone on and on, you know, there are other issues, which I, I, I thought to bring up, you know, IPOB's, um, statement that, uh, you know, that they are not interested in the PTO, in B's presidency, but, you know, we have, um, it's a conversation that we can have another day and we are going to, uh, definitely get to, um, to the BBC's uh, documentary.
1: Yeah, we should. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah. all right. That is-
0: so, uh, it's such a delight again to have all of you uh, tune in and watch this episode of our podcast. Um, we invite you uh, to tell your friends about us, to tell your family about us, and to bring them in. We want all of you to be part of the conversation, write in, let us know what you think. Uh, whether you disagree with us, whether you agree with us, whether you uh, sort of agree on some issues and disagree on other issues, we would really, really treasure uh, your feedback. So, but have a brilliant, brilliant week and see you again soon. All right.